Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and Alan Witch is in the house. Alan, what's going on, brother? I'm in the house. Man, it is beautiful around me today. Usually, Chris, you get the opportunity to say how beautiful it is, and I know it's always beautiful where you're at, but let me tell you, I'm looking outside here from the Pacific Northwest, and it is dynamite. I'm liking the weather, and I'm liking all the landscaping that's happening around me, and I'm a happy happy guy. Every day above the daisies is a good day, right? Uh, always, and yeah, this time of year... Definitely, I, I you know, it's, it's one of those things as it gets closer to spring, it, it, it really means spring in that foot and that walk and, you know, just people, especially uh, in, in climates that change often throughout the year. Um, yeah, I, I start to see everything come alive. I mean, it's a real thing. You know, nature's coming alive, but down here at the beach, it's, it is beautiful. I can tell you that. It's getting warmer. Uh, and it's only going it, to, it's the upward trajectory now, but excited to have our guests come on oh, the show today. Guess. And this is uh, someone who obviously uh, we connected with uh, early on in our show and to have him back and, and um, you know, to talk about some of the things that uh, has gone on in his world in the last year or so. Uh, plus he has a new book out and uh, Alan and I, uh, you know, both have a little small piece in there, which is, yeah. which is creates this this you know greater bond, of course. And uh, obviously, he's he's just a, a, a fabulous guy to talk to. Um, so, Alan, why don't we uh, why don't we introduce our guest today and let's uh, let's rock and roll. Very much so. You know, we get the opportunity to have people back on the show, and that that's a that's a gift to I, I it's a gift to both. But in that time frame, in that dash, we're able to see the journey grow. We're able to see things expand and we're able to see, you know, the, the, the journey, both, you know, the good and the challenging, but the pivot and the growth. And we've sure been able to see that with our, our guest today. You know, he's been, he's got a couple of his own podcasts. He's got a brand new book coming out, which we're excited about. We're going to talk heavily about that. But he's also, in addition to that, he's also a pretty tenured TED Talk speaker. And I know there's a lot of people out there that want to break into that avenue. They want to understand, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do I how do I get in that door? Well, well, our sure. guest today is really a, an expert at doing that. And of course, he has we are going to pick his brain. We're going to pick his brain. We're going to pick his brain. We got our little yeah. utensils out. So uh, we're going to do that, but um, 
Yeah, we're going to get into the book today, The Book of Why, and uh, we're going to let our guests talk about that and what that really means and some of the misnomers that are happening in the marketplace today and the wisdom that he brings and he bestows upon the readers, and uh, I'm really excited about that. So without further ado, Corey Poirier, welcome to think, welcome back to Think Bold, Be Bold. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing uh, better than good, maybe better than <laughs> better awesome. Than good. Better than, Better than awesome. And, and, and Alan said the book of why, and I have to add because I love this part and how in brackets, mm -hmm. um, discover the timeless secrets to meaning, success, and abundance. And, and who doesn't want that? So I'm just going to take a, Absolutely. a quick snapshot of the book because uh, obviously we, we had mentioned that we have uh, ourselves in there. So we have an advanced copy and um, definitely uh, can't wait for uh, – Everybody to get their hands on this, Corey, and I know you've got some great plans on how you're doing that, and, you know, you've got some secrets on, you know, speaking, because you're the speaker guy. He's I mean, come on, guy. that's uh, that's what he does, folks, and he's been able to create a business uh, that's not only flourished, but now um, has accentuated really where, you know, Corey has put his uh, focus in his mind and what he really loves doing, and uh, you can see... Uh, that's the case, and, and obviously when we speak with, with him, um, and you heard it, I mean, better than great, uh, you know, it, it, here we are. So, Corey, talk to us. What, what has transpired in the last little while since, you know, let's say a year ago, you know, when we, when we spoke first? Yeah, a lot of things. As of course, as you've been mentioning the book, uh, I will say a, a big part of what's evolved in my life as well totally opposite side of the world away from the business side is uh we me and my girlfriend that is uh had a a, a child so yes that's a big and deal. congratulations oh yes, thank you congrats on that um, he's uh welcome. he's six months now welcome. and i'm welcome. told by a lot of people he looks exactly like me and i did if you guys i don't know if you guys saw the video i did when we i was doing my crowdfunding part of the book launch uh, but did. we did a video together, him and I, and so mm -hmm. we get a lot of comments about how we look a lot alike. Uh, it probably helps. Well. That I never Actually, he has more hair than me now. Uh, well, well, for sure, for sure. But, uh, well, so Corey, that's, that's that's a real good thing, right? That he looks yeah. like you. Yeah, we like and, that. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> def <laughs> and definitely, um, you know, being a dad and and, and into that. Uh, mindset of a dad, um, you know, it's obviously changed your perspective and love to get your take on, you know, that as we as we move along, but really exciting stuff. So congrats on that for sure. For oh, sure. thank you so much. And, you know, the book was, I'd be lying to say the book was written after he was born, but it was, and even after we got pregnant, but it was during that time. And I'm sure that influenced a little bit of the writing, but, sure. you know, inside the book, I talk about legacy and things like that. So I'm sure that worked its way in. Uh, but the book has been really a long time in the, in the making. I have multiple books out, but this book, and it's so easy to say this. You know, you hear people say it with music all the time. Uh, this is the CD I've been working toward. This is the best one I've ever done. Sure, and it's easy sure. to say that, but then you're kind of throwing snow over the previous books or dirt over them. Um, sure. At the time, I loved each book I put out, and I think it's like anything. Whatever's the newest is the one you're going to be super stoked about. Probably sure. the difference in this one is – how much went into it, like the, the quotes that you mentioned, 400 quotes mm -hmm. roughly at the back of the book as a bonus section, right. um, building it out the way I did and, and really encompassing all these interviews I've done. It, I won't say it's the best book I've ever written or will ever write. What I'll say is that it's certainly one of the most comprehensive and it's certainly the one I've been building toward. Uh, so that's, sure. that's a big part of what's happened since I last talked to you. Um, 
I'm working at, well, I'm talking with a, another TEDx group, so we'll see what happens there. But I, I should okay. know, in theory, I should know in the next week because the event is actually in a month. So <laughs> they got to let me know Beautiful. soon. Uh, they wanted right. the last thing was a pitch video, a three-minute pitch video by right. Friday. Yep. Really confirmed they got standard. that. So, so we'll see. what That that could be another TEDx Perfect. talk. And then uh, I guess outside of that, I've just been really keeping busy, bringing new guests onto the show. Um, right. A total separate thing, which we can chat about if you want or we don't have to, is uh, the show after five years, we're giving it a makeover, a new name, and all that kind of stuff. So Love I guess it. the answer yeah, is we'll definitely dive Absolutely. into that. Absolutely. We want to know why yeah, you've had – You've had certainly a, a great adventure, but you know what I love, um, Corey, and, and you know to the audience out there listening in. One of the great things you know that we get from our show is the golden nuggets, you know, the real deal, like what's happened, and we love diving into that because what you know I'm going to point out right now is you've actually learned a lot of things over the last five years. You wrote this book during a time of transition and new perspective, but then you applied everything in order to get that book out there and in the hands of people. So, I mean, that's just, you know, what we're here to do is learn, apply, and of course you connected yourself with a, a good number of people, including us, um, on your show, and what a great way to do that and, and leverage uh, relationships and to accomplish 400 quotes. You've got to know, you know, good many of them, and, and, mm -hmm. and folks were in there, so I'm really excited, but there's some really great uh, people that, uh, of course, uh, you know, are connected with Corey, that have, um, you know, just tremendous uh, businesses and, and, and they're well-known people. So kudos to that. And, uh, you know, it's not easy to pull that type of stuff off. We know that, you know, based on what we've been working on, but we've been fortunate enough to know people you're like yourself and, and all kinds of other great people as well that, you know, you leverage your, your relationships and, and you build those and you trust each other. And, and uh, we've had lots of good discussions over the last, let's say, year and a bit anyway uh, about some of the things you've been working on. So we're, we're, we feel like we're tight, right? We're brothers. Brothers, for, brothers from other mothers. Other mothers. Yeah, <laughs> I agree completely. All in. Yeah. yeah. And, you All know, in. So... Something yeah, you cool. said, Chris, too, I'll, I'll add in, which is kind of the interesting part, which makes it challenging. You mentioned the challenge of bringing them all together. Uh, foolishly, and, and I'm not there yet, but foolishly working, we'll begin working on the next book once the launch is done, the second part of the launch and stuff. Uh, but I'm going to bring together quotes again, like foolishly, I'm diving back into the same thing. But here's what I will tell you, which is the, probably the most challenging part, which somebody wouldn't think is the people that everybody that's in the book we went to them approved it said you know are you okay with this can we use this picture i wanted it to be a full buy-in uh, but here's the interesting right. part things change so much so even in the last couple of years bringing it together i'm having people come to me saying oh i got married changed my name can you change that in the next edition of the book <laughs> so the changes with 400 people is the part that people yeah. wouldn't see in the back end but yeah that's uh sure. Or I should say wouldn't see, but that's what happens on the back end. So I probably have another five changes to make on the next printing already. There you go. But that's hey, already. That happens. Already. That happens. Well, you I, know, I mean, I, life is moving very quickly for sure. Yeah, it's you, you've done something really cool with your book. And, and you and I had a chance to chat just before the podcast, kind of off, off, uh, off camera and off mic, about what went into the book. And we talked a little bit prior to that about there's a lot of people out in the marketplace that want to do a talk or they want to do a book or they want to do a coaching program or they want to do a consulting program or they want to be able to do this, that, and the other thing. And they feel that they have to go out and learn some content to be able to then package to be able to deliver. And that's not what you and I talked about. You and I talked about the fact that 
what they already know, what they already have experienced, their results in their genre is exactly what their audience that they may or may not have yet, but it's what their audience is looking for. And that's what you've done with this book, and that's why I love it so much. You're talking about what you've done, what you've resulted in, uh, the results that your clients and that your collaborators have had. Talk about that a little bit because that can be a big mind shift for a lot of people in the audience listening. They don't have to go out and aggregate something new. They have some wisdom in there, but they may not know how to package it and how to deliver it. Talk about that a little bit if you would, kind of your experience with that. So there's two parts of that I see, and one of them is that in terms of the having the knowledge. So this is, you know, there's various ways you can become an expert, you know, and, and I use that term loosely because everybody, you know, everybody kind of says I'm an expert in something, mm-hmm. you know, meaning they say that about themselves. But in terms of the various ways you can become an expert, one of those ways is you don't have to go and acquire all the knowledge before you teach it. You can actually start interviewing people who have the knowledge mm-hmm. and then teach what you learn from them. Which is, you know, a key component of that because I became obsessed by interviewing people. Sure, I was practicing this stuff. I mean, I had my first business before I started interviewing people and it was successful. It was a business publication, Um, you know, and, and I was in sales, corporate sales for years. But the truth is, if you want to package a product and you don't have the content, you can go out and interview people, and now you have the content. In fact, right. just to I'll give you uh, something I'm working on right now, which tells you how easy today it is to create content. As you guys know, with the speaking program, we did some expert interviews for inside slash behind the scenes. So now what we're doing, new phase, is I said, why can't I take these interviews and turn them into a book, which becomes part of the funnel for people to learn about the speaking program. But really, all I have to do is transcribe the interviews and then, sure. of course, get it edited. Well, you're and repurposing I'm your product. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so it's repurposing it, but it beca- yeah. you become the expert because now all of a sudden you have people in your book like Tom Ziegler, uh, people in the book like Judy Carter who wrote the Comedy Bible or Olympic mm-hmm. gold medalists. And so all of a sudden there's an expertise that you get lent because you spent the time to learn from them. So on the one side, Alan, yeah. like I said, you don't have to have the expertise when you start. On the second side of things, what I would say is if, if you're wanting to launch something like that, probably the best way to do that and shortcut that process is go to the right person who already has done it <laughs> and learn from them. Now, absolutely. The, as you guys know, too, there's ways to do that. Um, I, what I will say is if most cases, if you want to do it the proper way, you're probably going to have to pay, invest in somebody that knows what they're doing. Sure. But what I will say is if somebody's at that stage and they're listening right now and they're just not there yet, there's a lot of great content. For example, YouTube videos you can learn from. You mentioned speaking. Sure. You can go and study Steve Jobs talks. Mm-hmm. And if sure, you could take... Absolutely. If you could truly, that you were that type of person that you could take, assimilate, and put together what Steve Jobs is delivering his talk, and create a talk that's similar to that, but authentically your voice, you will crush it over top of about 90% of the speakers out there, because Steve Jobs is considered by far and above one of the top speakers of all time. If you could take an ounce of what he did, you're going to still be in the running. And so what I would say is that you can go study what people have already done. The second part I would say is go to coaches or people who can teach you the shortcuts. If you have a little bit of excess funds that you can do that, then that's a way you can you can expedite the process. So mm-hmm. to, to relate this all back full circle to the book, that's what I did. I, I actually went out. I'd done all these interviews with all these authors, for instance, and I learned the different ways that they were marketing their book. Then I went and listened to, you guys may be familiar with uh, Chandler Bolt. Uh, yep. He has a podcast yes, called, called yep. Publishing School. Mm-hmm. Dived in. Yep. I think I've listened to every episode since he launched. And 
since I've been planning this launch, I, I started the listening of his process. I got his two books. Then I went to, um, I forget the guy's name, but I went to another guy and studied his work. And then I have a high-level mastermind. So I said, hey, guys, I'm launching the book. And then I just basically got in a hot seat with my group a couple of times, and we pounded it out. And so why okay. I say all this is because instead of me trying to reinvent the wheel, I kind of went and started listening. And, and here's my thinking. Bruce Lee uh, you guys might know a bit about Bruce Lee. He, you know, he, mm -hmm. he was teaching Kung Fu at first. He felt there were some weaknesses. And he basically went and started learning all the martial arts and said, what are the top, like, the, what ones has the best kicks? What are the best throws? And all this stuff. And he said, why don't I create a martial art that takes all the best and leaves out the stuff that isn't the best? So my <laughs> yeah. thinking was, in launching the book, why don't I go listen to all the people like Gary Vee, Pat Flynn, who talk about their book launches on Chandler's show, and listen for the high-level things they're doing, like, for instance, and this isn't in the book you have, Chris, or mine, but it's in the new one, um, is basically at the first of the book, it says, uh, and I'll tell you guys how to do this because it's not fair you don't have this, but it says if you want to download the audiobook, since you purchased the book, here you can go grab it. And what that does, it's in the first 10 pages, so everybody that uh, goes to Amazon once it's up, they can review 10 pages. So even if they don't get right. the book, all of a sudden they right. might join my list. Well, yeah. I learned that from Chandler's show. So circling this all back, what I did was listen, what is all the top level stuff, all the top uh, releases, you know, what do they all do in their, to their top launches, and how can I take all those elements and work it into mine? So back to your point, Alan, there's an example of I didn't have the knowledge, but I was able to get it a lot quicker than if I was trying to learn it in the trenches. Right, Big absolutely. Time. You're yeah. you're taking, you're, you're actually the... The uh, you're practicing what you're preaching, and there's so many people that don't do that. But you're actually your best your your best client because you're doing what you're encouraging others to do, and you're actually well, the doing 10, the homework and it out. Yeah, I mean you've got a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it's the ten thousand hours. Yeah, and you're you've experienced. I mean, you know, for the audience, uh, you know, if you heard Corey, uh, it was five years ago you started your show. Five years, you know, if you do the number of hours you've spent with the number of guests, plus the investments you've made with your coaches, mentoring group, mastermind, and you surround it yourself. So it really all comes down to this, folks, is that you have to invest in yourself. And I love that, you know, we talked about at the beginning is being that authentic you. You've got something to offer. You've definitely, if you look at your bag of tricks, if you want to call it, uh, on what you're really good at, what you love to do, you're probably, put it this way, you're probably really good at what you love to do. That, that you know, if you look at it that way, you're probably really good at what you love to do. So now you look at how do you take that and offer up an experience for someone to learn from you, uh, an opportunity to put a workshop together, an opportunity to really take a, a, all that stuff and put it into a book, um, an opportunity to put that out into the world and step into and what they call lean into who you already are because that's what you're worth. You're worth every bit of that and you are authentic to it because it is only you. And the one thing that you know I love uh, just, you know, when we have these conversations is no one will ever live your life. No one ever will. No one ever has. And there has been billions of people on this earth up until now. So that just tells me that it is big and vast and it's just going to continue to expand. And, um, you know, again, uh, you know, Corey, I'm just, you know, putting kind of all that together for our audience to, uh, to kind of think about as they think about who they are and what they can offer. So, Thanks for some great insight on that and taking what you learned, applied it, and uh, and having a lot of fun with it. Let's uh, let's 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 switch to something really cool, and we'll come back 
and I'm sure we're going to bounce around because this is how our conversations usually go. Uh, but, you know, TED Talks, they're really, um, you know, sort of mystifying to people somewhat. Uh, how do you do it? How do you get on? Uh, how do you articulate 18 minutes of, you know, genius into something where people, you know, are provoked in their thought or something they've learned or all of a sudden you've got emotional with them uh, throughout that 18 minutes? Because that's not, that's not easy. I'm sure there's a simple framework, though, um, and you could probably help, you know, people understand what that really means. Of course, you have to do a lot of work uh, to find the opportunities mm -hmm. and, of course, connections and all that. Um, and you don't have to give away the whole gamut because I know that you teach people how to do some of this stuff, but um, you're also a great sharer and, uh, you know, and, 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 you, and you really want to see the best for everybody out there because there's so much potential, right? So let's, uh, let's, let's jump into TED Talks for a moment. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, maybe this is something we can put a pin in if we get a chance to come back to it, but you mentioned sure. the 10,000 hour rule. And yeah. I'll, I'll pose a question to you guys to consider, and if we do come back to it, great. But and I, I, I subscribe to the 10,000-hour rule, and I put it in certainly into my speaking. When I go back to my stand-up comedy days, you know, uh, was yeah, probably no I think it was 900 <laughs> shows in seven years. I mean, just that on its own, you can start adding the hours. But what mm -hmm. I'd love to get your thoughts on, if we, if we circle back to it later, is what are your thoughts on, going back to what we just said about learning from others, I believe you can shortcut the 10,000 hours, but we always just say you have to put in 10,000 hours, but I think that ignores sometimes the idea of, but what, as an example, what if I studied with a master for, you know, for a thousand of those hours? I'm sure that's going to reduce it versus if you learn in the trenches and try to master yourself. So anyway, just, just for, a food for, for sure. And, and, and definitely, and I agree with you and it was more of the perspective, um, you know, just to bring up the point because there was an element of coaching and mentoring that Absolutely. if you were to take all that five years and then when you learned through experience that, hey, I could have went to my mentor and coach because mm -hmm. that's usually the epiphany, right? Yeah. Is you look Absolutely. back and you're like, wow, I can cut through. The combination of both of that, though, is obviously amazing. And, and I think that that's where most people uh, go through that growth and that pain uh, of learning. And then they realize like, wow, I could have just, you know, coached up with this person or learned from that group or mentored with this person. And wow, I would have, you know, understood this stuff quicker. So I do agree with you and we yeah. will pin it, come back to it, but talk, let's, uh, yeah, let's, absolutely. let's talk about Ted talks. And, um, you know, I, I think this is always an interesting one because people are, uh, you know, like I said, still mystified in some regards. Well, I'll start in the area you addressed or mentioned first, Chris, and then we can work our way backward if desired. Uh, so I'll leave that up to sure. you guys to decide that. Uh, you but go. you mentioned about how do you still it into 18 minutes? And so there's a, there's a whole bunch of quote-unquote answer to that. Uh, but what sure. I will say first and foremost is you, you have to, so there's a key thing. It, it depends if the person knows how to craft a talk right now because they mm -hmm. obviously they're starting a lot further behind if they've never crafted a talk. And this is something Alan and I were just talking about offline, really. Uh, you know, in our speaking program, we get a lot of people asking, help me craft a talk, like starting from scratch. So the answer is, right. and I'll answer that too, but the answer is different depending. Uh, if they've already crafted talks in the past, if they maybe have a signature talk, the challenge becomes everybody's like, how could I put that in 18 minutes? There's no way it's, you know, it's 45 minutes now and I had to struggle to get the 45 minutes. Uh, so, first of all, it, it actually involves uh, being, and this is really tough, but being really hard in your material and trimming out what I'll call the business fat. You know, like actually saying, what's the stuff that is in here that doesn't get a laugh, doesn't move the story forward, doesn't get the audience engaged, 
So what I mean is you might tell a story that's 12 minutes that could be told, and I don't, and I have no doubt because I've tested this over and over again, that could probably be told in two to three minutes. And gotcha. I think some of the right. times the yeah. big part is people get so attached to that story they're sharing in 12 minutes, they can't see how they could get to the heart of it in two. But what I can tell you from the stand-up world is when you're work, you're performing at a new club uh, and an open mic night, sometimes they say you've got five minutes. So if you've got five minutes, you're not going to get up there and be a storyteller comic and, and tell an eight-minute story with a punchline at the eight-minute mark. Yeah. It's not going to work. You need to figure out how do I get stories out in 30 seconds that have a big punchline. And what mm-hmm. I found is you can take something that you wrote that took three pages, and if you take out all the things that truly don't need to be there, you can get it down to maybe a half a page. So first of all, you have to, I, I believe, write out your material or see it on if you have it on a PowerPoint and then start going through it and saying, what if, it, if this comes out, will the story still make sense? So a second part of that is you, if it's great if you can get it is an accountability partner where you can say, hey, I'm going to tell you the story, and then you tell me what parts didn't speak to you, which parts didn't move it forward, and then get them to help you decide mm-hmm. what doesn't need to be there. So the first part I would say is go in and start hacking at stuff. You need to start subtracting. So that's one. Uh, the second part is maybe you have five stories in your 45-minute talk. Well, all of a sudden, you need to figure out how am I going to get the story across in three points? Maybe mm-hmm. one point might be possible if it's a big enough and strong enough point. Uh, so that's the other part. Now, this is, of course, all related to how do you edit it down. Um, the key thing to know, there's enough TED Talks to prove this. There's even a five-minute TED Talks to prove this where you watch a five-minute talk and go, how did I get all that out of five minutes? I can't. That must have been longer than five minutes. So the point is you can get to a story to 18 minutes and make it work. You can get a talk there. Um, so sometimes it's just the belief. But let's go backwards. I'm kind of jumping all over, but let's go backwards like and it. say okay. if you haven't actually done, you know, if you're just starting, here's a method I can give you. So, and you can use this if you're, you know, even if you have a talk that's created and you're trying to get it down to 18 minutes. The obvious best scenario is to not have a talk already and to be starting from scratch for your 18-minute TED Talk. So gotcha. let's say that you're starting from scratch. What I recommend people do, and this is, I'll tell you to you how I do it sort of physically, but what I do is I get a piece of paper out and I draw a circle on it. And in fact, I have paper here in front of me, so I'm just going to show it to you. Like, I'm just going to show you what that looks like. So I'm going to draw a circle right now. And let's say in the middle of the circle, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to use, say, Disney. And let's say, oh, my pen's not working. Uh, Disney and customer service in the center of the circle. <laughs> so let's say, uh, I'm going to see if I get a working pen as I say this. Uh, so Disney and customer service, let's say, in the center. So the reason I say that is because you've decided your talk's going to be about customer service. Mm-hmm. And you're going to focus on the things that Disney does really well. So let's say that's okay. what the talk's about. Um, right. So, and that what it's like a mind mapping. I'm basically telling you from scratch what I would do. So now what you want to do is what we're drawing is a spider. So basically I'm going to give it three legs just for this example. And so what I'm going to do is let's say I want three points out of my customer service or customer experience Disney story. Then I'm going to come up with three central themes I want to talk about. One could be having systems in place. You know, Disney has tons of systems in place to make sure everybody leaves happy. And let's say I'm going to put in a, a great experience I had at Disney and let's say a bad experience I had at Disney. And so this is going to become three stories that each have a point out of them, like sharing a bad customer experience, a good one, and, and systems you have to have in place. And so now I have three legs. And then off of those legs, I can add if I want as well. Mm-hmm. But what this does is this starts essentially getting you to think around what is my, how does my talk look in a framework? So let's say this example, I'm going to take that, that page I mentioned, and I'm mm-hmm. going to now, in my PowerPoint, my PowerPoint might be called um, 
the you know whatever like something about disney and mm -hmm. then within that now i'm going to build slides and one of the slides is going to be an image i'm big on image slides so an image around uh disney systems it might be a funny picture of a systems or whatever then i'm going to have another slide which is going to be about good customer service and another one about bad customer service so let's just say this was the example i'm using i could keep diving obviously deeper but to keep right. the story simple now all of a sudden you have three stories so the question becomes can you tell three stories in this case each in five minutes so the answer we know is yes so now you got to figure out how can i get each of those stories down to five minutes and now you have basically three minutes to spare which you'd fill right. up with um what the talk's about and all that kind of stuff so this is my i mean this is horrible my drawing because I, I had a pen that wasn't working then when it was i don't know if you can see that <laughs> yeah, basically, see it. yeah so that would be how i'd start to talk from scratch and let's say that was what my talk was going to be about. I mean, you can see how literally, what was that, two minutes? I'm crafting a talk from scratch that could be done in 18 minutes because, like I said, I believe and I've seen we can all get stories down to five minutes each. So in this I case, I would say tell three stories each five minutes. You have an 18-minute talk. Corey, I want to interrupt you a second. I want to interrupt you a second. Everybody that listening right now, I hope you have your pencil and paper ready because you just got – about a $10,000 coaching program right there. You just cut through about two years of figuring out what the hell to do, and Corey just summated it in, uh, in, in, in less than two minutes. So just Beautiful. that's the kind of wisdom and genius you're going to get by listening not only to our show, but Corey's show. He's got this riddled throughout his shows. So come prepared, bring your paper, bring your pencil to be sure you can write this stuff down and apply it. Because that right there, Corey, was great wisdom for everybody listening. So thanks for, for clarifying that as Big easily time. as you Big did. Time. And, and I'm going to just add in there just the uh, method. Um, and you mentioned a couple of things. You said mind mapping and then frameworks. So, you know, for the audience, again, extrapolating, you know, something of wisdom here is that you can do this for anything. You know, you can use a mind map or, you know, the three-legged spider or the eight-legged spider, how many, you know, things you need to uh, be aware about, you know, from the centerfold, which is, you know, what you're focused on. So, for instance, you're building a business. You know, what's the business? What is it offering? And then out from that, what do you need to actually start to do mm -hmm. and draw those circles around it so that you're encapsulating, you know, this vision and we all know how powerful the vision is. Once you see it in your mind, it's working backwards, right, to create it mm -hmm. and doing all the, you know, let's say the movements, the, the moving parts, if you want, in order to pull that together. So mind mapping is such a powerful tool. If you're not doing it, highly recommend. And if you need to learn more, I'm sure there's lots of uh, videos out there that can show you some ideas around that. But this is a real powerful tool. It's how Alan and I have built our stuff is to literally get together, open up a blank screen, a canvas and say, okay, here we are in the middle. What are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What is the uh, end game in mind? And let's just get that all the way around. So thanks for bringing out two really great points. And then, of course, frameworking is exactly what you showed us how to do is now you have three points that um, you're going to be working towards and it will keep you very organized in your thoughts. Well, and, and I'll add in, too, you know, something you mentioned uh, as well, Chris, that what I, likewise, I, so I learned it from stand-up comedy, and, and I take some of the things I learned from stand-up over to speaking, which I think is beneficial because the two have synergies that a lot of speakers that have never been in stand-up wouldn't know. Sure. Uh, totally the agree. interesting part 
when I took that over, I, as you said, I started using it as a mind map for other things. So a great example for somebody that's listening and saying, you know, I'm not, I don't want to do a TED talk. I mean, we can talk further about the TEDx and sure. TED talk, sure. but they're saying sure. that's not my thing. I want to build a brand. Let's say I want to become a media magnet. Yeah. Well, going back to your point, you can put in the middle and say brand Chris. And mm -hmm. you can have eight legs or whatever legs you want. I mean, really, it's just the idea sure. of getting you thinking. But you can have eight legs and say, okay, what are the different platforms I can use to get my brand out there? One is podcasting. So then you, you set up a podcasting leg. Then from there, you can literally put it out and say, okay, what are the podcasts I could get on that are in my field? And basically, you can build every leg from there. And by the time you could do that on a bristle board, you probably have to now with the amount sure. of podcasts I do. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that... If you're not thinking that way, it's just you and a piece of paper writing, you know, writing on a piece of paper or your phone, and odds are pretty good you're not going to think the same way as if you have a framework. So I, I use it for way more than um, than speaking and crafting talks, but that's where it started for me. And then the full circle this back. Uh, so you know, the, the TEDx talk, how do you do one in 18 minutes? It's basically that you come up with a framework, make sure it's easy. You know, like I say, simple, three stories. Don't try to make it because people try to make it too complex and too big. Uh, make it three stories, let's say. And by the way, in the stand-up world, stand-up comics have been proving for years, you can do a 15-minute stand-up set and have somebody walk away and say, wow, blew me away, and you felt like it was a whole night of stand-up and it was 15 minutes. For sure. So for sure. it's been proven we could do that. The secondary part is what I said then. If, you, if you're not starting from scratch and you're wanting to take a talk you already have, maybe a book you have and turn it into a TEDx talk, you can actually – I would say redo, restart your talk and use that framework we mentioned, but just build it around your normal talk. It's a Worst great case point. scenario, do what I mentioned earlier, which is go backwards into your talk and then really start editing. But probably the biggest takeaway from that side to get it to 18 minutes is to be with somebody else or get somebody else as a uh, landing tool that can say, yeah, I like that story. I don't like this one. And it's not that they're necessarily right, but they'll be able to tell you the stuff you can't see about what could come out. And they'll of still, course. as long as they still, I still understand your stories without all that, then that tells you the story can be really weeded down. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. And I want, you know, I want to go, I want to go back. I want to do a couple of things. One, I want to pull the pin out because I think there's an important point we got to talk about. And I also want to talk about collaboration. And we've hit a little bit about that, but I think collaboration is good for scale. And you've already talked about that a little bit. Let's go back real quick to the 10,000 hour rule. And great concept, great rules. I don't want people to, to rule out, however, the bumps and the scars and the bruises that come from the legwork. Because sure. what that does is it not only gives you experience, it actually helps create your character. It helps to create your public artifacts. It helps to create how people get to know you because they can relate to your journey. Shorten down the journey, absolutely, if, if, if that's what it means to be able to get to market faster. But I want people to really understand that their history gives the audience a look inside the person. And that's every bit as important as the product that they are delivering because it's relevant, right? They can, they can relate. And if people can't relate to you, no matter what it is you're delivering, they're not going to follow you. They're not going to become a loyal listener, a loyal patron, or a loyal guest, or a loyal client. So understanding that. Um, is is a key thing, and I just want to make sure we got that out there for the people that have that, that have got some some you know scars and bruises and a roadmap of length behind them. That that's not a bad thing. That is something good that they can pull from. It actually, gives them you know knowledge that others don't have. But let's talk a little bit about collaboration. And collaboration is a big key for most people to find scale, to find a larger market, to find work with people that have what they don't. 
you're talking about uh, bringing in, you know, tools and technologies and and uh, resources and other collaborators to be able to scale your business, to scale your life. Talk a little bit about your experiences, Corey, uh, with collaboration. Some of that, of course, being with your book with the 400 quotes, right, from different people. But, but, but part of that is also scaling your business. How have you done that? Give a little bit of insight as to how you've done that. So, you know, that's another interesting area. And one of the things that, you know, you spoke about, uh, Alan, that I have to at least jump onto before I jump into to scaling, which is, you know, in the 10,000 hour rule thing, here's something that's kind of interesting. And this just popped into my head. So it's one of those things I think it's, <laughs> it's valuable to share if it does. You know, and that's why I mentioned, you know, you might be able to short it down to X amount of hours, but you still need to have those hours in. But a great example, and I wonder if Bruce Lee, was one of the purveyors of the, and I, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, as you can probably tell, but a yeah, purveyor of the 10,000 hour rule because Kung one of his Fu quotes. Sunday. What's that? Sorry. Kung Fu Sundays. I'm Canadian as well. I know it's Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. We're about the same. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. It, actually, uh, I don't know if you got that far in the book, but I actually shared three Bruce Lee quotes in the book and talked about a learning afternoon my girlfriend and I had from Bruce Lee quotes. We watched Enter the I Dragon. It. I convinced her to watch it. And <laughs> mm -hmm. then we went through three of his quotes and talked about how applicable they are into other areas of life. The one quote in particular, Bruce Lee says, and I, I paraphrase, I should be grabbing the book, but it'll take too long for me to find the page. Uh, but basically, he says something along the lines of, I fear not the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times, like separate kicks, uh, I fear the man who has practiced the same kick 10,000 times. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, in other much. words, the person that's constantly building their craft versus the person that's jumping all over the place. Right. And so it's kind of weird because he used the term 10,000 or 10,000 kicks, and, I'm, and that was way before Malcolm Gladwell sort of took 10, hours, yeah. But the point right. of this to me is, is, and I go back to that, if you were training, training with Bruce Lee, I have no doubt in my mind at all you could become a master of the craft of martial arts before 10,000 hours. However, you're not going to be any good at all unless you put in the hours working beside Bruce Lee, which yeah, is absolutely. probably going to take you, you know, 5,000. Great point. Great point. So Great you point. can shortcut it, but I think you still need to take the kicks and one-inch punches from Bruce Lee. Yep, <laughs> have the yep for sure. Share yep, absolutely. Good point, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's <laughs> knowing something and then there's knowing something. Right. You know, you can know about something, but then you can know something much different by, you know, being in it, applying it, obviously taking, you know, the hits and the, and the, and the punches and, you know, and the success that, you know, comes along with that. Because, you know, I think we all agree here that uh, without failures, without these pivots, without these challenges, we wouldn't even know what success really, really is, you know, once we get there. Um, so it's necessary. But um, collaboration, let's go back to that. Um, and, you know, really quantum leaping, uh, you know, is really what we're talking about because you can. You can learn something fairly quickly today. And, mm -hmm. and that's the great thing about, you know, uh, technology as well has helped with that. But let's talk about collaboration uh, because I want to, you know, keep this on track because our, our show I goes really I believe it's already really been 40 fast. Four know, minutes I know, already. I know, I know. We're, we're, we've talked, <laughs> you know these go fairly, fairly quickly, but we love well, obviously talking to Corey, so it, it won't be the, you know, it won't be the last time I'm sure he's on our show. But uh, let's talk about the collaboration piece, uh, Corey, and and what's that really done for you? Absolutely. And so um, I guess you know, for me, there's various different ways I look at that. You know, uh, whether we go towards scaling or collaboration in general. But let's say first collaboration. Um, what it's done for me, there's a couple of different areas. I mentioned mastermind. So when I look at the amount of time you can, so with your business, time is money, as we know, and you you don't have an infinite, you know, you don't have an unlimited amount or source of it. 
So yeah. if you can learn things, and I'm not going back to the, the learn things, you know, 10,000 hour rule side of things, but if you can learn a uh, resource to use, or if somebody can direct you to a person that can help mm -hmm. shortcut the process, that is worth everything in this day and age. I mean, that is, Absolutely. to me, that's value. Sure. And so yeah. in my network, or sorry, my mastermind group rather, which is just a, it's a weekly, we get together one hour a week mastermind group. But one of the cool things that comes out of that is being able to say, you know, I have somebody in there, for example, that's into photography and, and images and what have you. So if I want to get a photo shoot done, you know, who am I going to ask questions to so that mm -hmm. I go into the photo shoot and get it done in two hours rather than eight? Right. Because every one of those times you can take two hour, eight hours down to two, you're increasing the amount you can grow your business and work on your genius zone. And speed the market and the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, on one side, I would say collaboration is very beneficial for um, allowing you to do stuff quicker, let's say. But mm -hmm. the other side is collaboration, let's say, when we talk social media. If we use that example. Uh, and I'll use the book as an example. It's a great way to take this approach. You guys mentioned it. I have 400 authors in the book, uh, 400 co uh, sorry, we'll say co-authors slash contributors in the book. It wasn't the intention to do it for this reason, but think about the street team I have now to promote the book once we yeah. hit this new launch. Yep. You know, the Big amount time. of people that are able to say, hey, did you check out Corey's new book? I'm in it. The reviews on Amazon from people that right. legit, you know, I, I told everybody, don't put the review in, you know, don't put their uh, positive review unless you, you read it and you enjoyed it. But the point is, is that think of the amount of reviews I can start out with. So that's an example of collaboration because if I had to go out to all those people from scratch, I think all the work I'd have to do, I'd have to build a relationship from scratch. Sure. Uh, so by us collaborating with the, in the book, it's a win-win type scenario. But think of the scaling it does for me, because now I could do a much bigger launch than I would ever be able to do in any other way on my own. Right. We've got 400 brand ambassadors now working for you. Absolutely. Sure. So that's, that's another example. Um, a, a great example of how anybody listening right now can start from scratch and get their business scaled somewhat. And I was sharing this the other day. People said to me, well, how do you... I get this question the other day, how do you get um, other influencers to work with you? How do you get their eyes? How do you get their attention? Well, I'm going to use a big name because, you know, we, there's, certain there's lots of different levels and there's influencers that are known fairly well, but that are very accessible. But let's say somebody who's not as accessible every day. Let's say we go like a Tim Ferriss or a Gary Vee, you know, right. big names, but also somebody usually can't pick up the phone or email and say, help me with this. But here's what I believe is that if you, Gary Vee, I don't know how many followers he has on Twitter, but if you go on to Gary Vee's page and you start sharing stuff from his book and you actually buy his book and you grab little paragraphs and say, just read this in the latest, uh, just read this latest thing from Gary Vee, and then you share his posts, I believe there's a certain point that Gary's going to notice the one person out of a million that's mm -hmm. posting all about his book and saying, yep. go check out Gary, he's amazing, you love his stuff, and never asking for anything. What I'm getting at is if Gary decides that this guy is doing way more for me than everybody else, I feel bad. I want to give back. Think of what, from a collaboration point of view, he could do to grow your business as an influencer versus what you could ever do on your own. Right. So right. sharing even just as simple as sharing posts, you can start to build a fan base that you can then collaborate with. So if we talk about how do you get people, you know, how do you get on their radars? Um, in terms of the other side, which is uh, how do you sort of, help to scale your business, I use things, for example, like uh, Upwork. So I don't know if everybody's familiar with Upwork, but insert other names yeah. like 99designs or uh, Elance, I think it was before Upwork. But basically, I use freelancers all the time. So I mentioned that I'm getting, here's a great example. I mentioned the uh, interviews that I did for the speaking program and how I'm getting them transcribed right now. Well, if I were to transcribe them, there are 10 interviews an hour each. I don't know how fast I type anymore, but let's say even if I typed 60, 70 words a minute, which I probably do because of doing so much writing, 
it would still take me how long to transcribe all that in between everything else I'm doing. So let's say it used up eight to 10 or 12 hours at least of my time. That's like a half, a, almost a half a week of business. But now I paid somebody a reasonable amount of money and that book is getting built while I'm not even thinking about it. And then one day right. it'll come to me, you know, like say a week later it'll come to me and all of a sudden, hey, now I got to send it to my editor and I have an editor with the book. So Lori, hey, can you edit my new book? Yes, send it to her. Now all of a sudden, all I've done is forward 10 interviews, audio, then I forward it a book for, to be edited and then I flush it out a little bit. It's done. So let's say it takes me yeah. three hours instead of maybe 45 to put a book in the market. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for, uh, Alan, but I use, in terms for of scaling, sure. I use freelance services a lot. And it doesn't yeah. have to be Upwork. I just use that example because that's one where you can go of and course. get people to build. You're absolutely talking about folding time, building a team and folding time. You're, and you're doing all of that. And that's that's what collaboration is, is, is to get, you, you hit, the, you hit the, the nail right on the head three different times. Because it really is um, about reducing your time to market, but also building your team of, of those that can speak, you know, on your behalf, so to speak, and then creating an environment around you that works without you being present. And uh, so there's back office collaboration, and then of course there's front office, you know, verbal collaboration to ex expose your uh, your mission and your such. But and what that's doing is it's creating a relationship with those people that go well beyond the reason that you, that you collaborated in the first place. And I think there's a, a, a fourth, and tertiary, what's after tertiary, a fourth, a fourth value, and that is a relationship that's built for future endeavors. And uh, all that happens because you brought them on to, to help you, you know, promote what you're doing. Anyway, sorry, well, I'm going to throw that and out you there. Can stay on, uh, and you can stay right on track to, you know, what you love doing. Because yeah. I'm sure you can get through that stuff. And I'm sure you can, you know, do a fine job of all of it, but it's probably not your genius. And, you know, why, you know, take yourself away from something where you can practice your craft, continue to get, you know, even better at what you're doing, and then have those that, you know, can help. And, and that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs just get stuck, is that they want their hands on everything, even though um, they don't need it. You know, they just got to stay, you know, on track to what they're doing. Um, I think it's, you know, it's just probably, again, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, they don't know that these things are available right. out there. And, you know, that's why it's great to either coach or mentor um, or get into a mastermind group, of course, because that's where you learn most of the opportunities um, that can help you get where you need to go by just asking a question. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs just like to hang on to stuff and, and, uh, and therefore, you know, they're, they're limited in their scale because uh, they're not taking, you know, what you had mentioned about collaboration. You just collaborated inside your own business mm -hmm. and just, you know, create some efficiencies. Um, and yeah, you have to pay a little bit of money, but while you're paying out a little bit of money, you're making a lot more on the other side. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just changing people's perspective and, and thoughts on that. Well, Corey, I, you know, I'd obviously, you know, I love talking to you and I love talking on this show and, and obviously we like to come in. I hope, you know, for the audience, I just, you got the golden nuggets that you needed from this show. And of course, you know, follow Corey on that note, Corey, how do they come and, you know, get the book? How do they connect with you? And then we're going to wrap up the show and we're going to, you know, give some thanks to, uh, C-Suite and, and, you know, all the you know, people that we're connected with to get the show out there. So let us let us know how that happens. How do they connect with you? So the book, I guess, is obviously the big, I, I'd say it's a big door in right now. But uh, the book itself, we're, we're in the midst of the, uh, the launch. So February 20th, 
you go to thebookofwhy.com. Uh, after the 20th, if somebody hears this, if, if that happens before the 20th, you go there, you can actually sign up. Uh, you get uh, a freebie. Uh, you get actually a top 10 list of the top insights we've taken during all our interviews. And at the same time, you'll then have a reminder uh, the day the book's dropping. But if you go there after the 20th, it literally is going to be forwarded to the Amazon page. So if you're hearing awesome. this after the 20th, you'll probably just see the Amazon page. Uh, so awesome. the book of why, all spelled out, dot com. And then the other part is we talked a little bit about TEDx Talks. I'm definitely not trying to say, hey, come and, and come to me if you're looking to do a TEDx talk. But as you mentioned, uh, Chris, I do definitely do training in that area. Yep. Uh, so yeah, if you, you want to know more about that, thespeakingprogram.com. You go there and you'll be, you can sign up and become on our tribe or get on our tribe that way. And then, uh, then I'll reach out to you and we can connect further that way as well. So thebookofwhy.com or thespeakingprogram.com is the two best sources. Okay, super. Perfect. And of course, awesome. you're all over social media. So a big shout out for C-Suite Radio, uh, where we're now featured, and Corey will as well. You know, and we'll get this out. Uh, probably great timing for when your book is going to be launched. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're really excited about that. Of course, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podomatic. And we just have to give a great uh, shout out to uh, the Think Bold, Be Bold Ventures and the media group uh, and the things that we're doing on the other side for the magazine. And we're really excited about them uh, really putting, uh, you know, uh, our show on the map and doing some cool things there. On that note, Corey, um, and obviously Alan always love, uh, you know, chatting with uh, people like Corey. Um, but, you know, it's that time and we have to say goodbye. We have to say and goodbye. We but, some music. But we before some we music do kind of come in here yeah before we do it. i want to thank our 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 head of production nicole has been doing a fantastic amazing job great call. Great call. Uh, talked about folding time a minute ago and getting people to, to work with you we brought on nicole she's been a fantastic uh, fantastic addition to our team Big and time. has taken you know these shows and really produced them and the show notes uh spectacular fashion and so we want to honor her continue because she's doing a great job thank you. uh people that have any questions you can get a hold of nicole so it's great so i wanted to throw that out there Absolutely. of course thanks to the audience because without the audience we don't exist but, hey, exactly. you know, it's been a great – so back at you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Corey, thank you, sir. Thank you ever Appreciate so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, and you guys today helped me deliver on my purpose. So thanks. There you go. Me. You bet, Corey. It. Glad to have you on. At thinkbullbebull.com if you have any comments. Of course, you'll find us on all the social media channels. And uh, we uh, look forward to connecting with you on the next one. And, of course, it wouldn't be a show without me saying – do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.